You've heard Jake's. You've heard Paulsh's. You've heard GP's. Now it's time for Werewolf's Sick Top 5. Today on Press B to Cancel. Welcome, everybody, to another week of Press B to Cancel. My name is Sick Jake. I'm your host this week. But that's not me. No. The big focus is on my fellow host, Werewolf, and his top five. You've heard Pulse's and mine, and GP's as well, and how radically different, I think, each of us has in our tastes. And that's why I love doing these episodes. So this week, I'm joined with Wolf. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Great. I mean, you know, I always love this because, I mean, we made the joke before. We all love retro video games, but there's such a wide range of what that could mean. And just, it really is true. Our tastes in games are quite varied. We do cover quite a bit, except sports games. We don't, <laughs> outside of Tech Mobile, <laughs> I don't think we care about sports games very much. I'm, I've never been too much of a sports gamer. Uh, there are a couple of sports games that I did get really into. I, have we talked about this before on the podcast? You know, we might have. <laughs> we tend to do circles. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll mention it real quick. It's not one of my favorites, but uh, as far as sports games go, one that I still love to this day is, uh, oh, what was it? Base Wars for the NES. Oh, yeah, with the robots. Yes, that was just, that's one of the, that's like peak sports gaming right there for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, base war is in mutant league football and all them. It's it's kind of like, it's it's the fun sports. <laughs> anyway, so before we get started with your top five list, the one thing that um, a couple of folks mentioned before was it's very hard to nail down a top five, and that they felt it very fluid and it could change any time of the year. Was it like that for you? You know what? Forty percent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like a like the number one is no problem easy, but the other ones took a little bit a little bit of work. Uh no, two of them I I knew immediately. Two of them I had to think about, and one. Thinking back on some of my favorites, one just really stood out to me, and I felt dumb for not thinking of it sooner. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, that's why those least these kind of lists are are interesting to put our thoughts to. You know, a list to put it down on paper, because then you kind of have to think back. And you start to remember games that you might have played and completely forgot about. I'm like that all the time. Well, I guess we can just go ahead and start my list, huh? Yeah, let's start with number five. Uh, oh, I don't know if I have these numbered. What? No. Shit. <laughs> it's called uh, top five. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> you know what? Let's go, let's go ahead and put number five, RimWorld. Oh, that's a more recent game. It is a more recent game. It's it's one that I've probably sunk a few hundred hours into. Wow. But I didn't touch for touch for touch it for about a year and a half because the game was still in early access. So like I kind of did what there was to do in early access a few times and then stopped playing for a while. And now I'm back into it a year and a half later now that the DLC's out and everything, I've got all that and I've I've kind of been cracking out on it whenever I get a chance lately. Well, can you just give people the um, 
the, the one-liner sales pitch, because many, I think, have not heard of RimWorld. I have played a little bit of it. So if you just give the sales pitch. RimWorld is you control a colony. Um, the basic idea is your colony is comprised of three people who crash landed on a planet out in the outer rim of galactic civilization. And you you build up, you secure shelter for your people, food, energy, all that stuff. You it's 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 a base building kind of like city uh a bit a little bit like a city builder, a little bit like um real-time strategy elements to it. It's it's got a lot going on that's stuff that's right up my alley. Right. I think I put 20 hours I think into it, but I almost stopped after like 20 minutes because a couple times I start up a game and I, I was still learning the controls and what to do. But I got my camp got attacked by like a rabbit or a turtle or something oh, and no. just wiped the floor <laughs> with, with my colonists there. Just to, <laughs> tore them to shreds. I tried. I think I threw a rock. I think that's a thing in this game. No, no, it's you have melee, which you can use weapons or just your fists. So, you know, or I must have just have punched the damn weapons. rabbit, but I, I did not win any of those fights. And I lost my colonists not once, but two new game starts. So I, I kind of fell off early. But then once I got past the initial hump, the game is pretty fun. But you said a couple hundred hours. What what about the game really, you know, kept, kept your attention for that long? Um, I like the emergent gameplay storytelling aspect. So, okay. you know, the, the game is always different. Even... Even when you like scum save and you know something goes really bad, you roll back to a, a quick save or two ago and rectify it, you're not going to run into those same situations that screwed you. Right. It's constantly somewhat randomized as to what's going to happen to your base. More so if you choose the setting to where the game can just go buck wild on your ass. But uh, for the most part, like, it's it has a lot of settings that make it very entry level friendly, despite you know there's gonna be a learning curve regardless. Yeah, there's also settings that can make it a real challenge for someone who is very very experienced in the game. And like I said, I didn't play it for a year and a half, so when I came back to it, it was a whole fresh experience. I had vague memories of things, certain mechanics had changed. <laughs> So it was it was a fun little mess for me to get back into. Is it still in early access or is it released officially now? No, no, no. It it's released officially. Okay. No, I should give another go then too cuz it's a it is a solid game. I I get a lot of the um it kind of reminds me of Theme Park, although I mean it, it, there's no rides in this. <laughs> but something about just having the, the little guys on the screen wander around and just you get to build around them and then they they use stuff around them. It's interesting. I do like the game quite a bit. Yeah, it it has visual similarities to probably Prison Architect for anyone who's played that one. Yes, I played that one too. But uh, yeah, it's... I don't know, the, the game harkens back for me a little bit to stuff like Age of Empires and Warcraft 2. Not Warcraft 3, but Warcraft 2, where you sort of... And actually, um, what was that other one? 1402 Anno? Oh, Anno. I've heard of that, but I've not played it. Yeah, like an old one, though. I I played 1402, I think it was. 
and that was back on XP's early days, I believe, and I I think it was before that. So, right. So why why do you compare it to Warcraft Two? Um. Well, in Warcraft Two, it's there's a little bit more focus on base building than I feel like Warcraft Three had. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So it harkens back to that sort of thing for me. And then Anno, like I said as well, just because you are handling numerous types of resources, sometimes not necessarily pertinent to your goal. Yeah, I can see it. And you're right, because Age of Empires and Warcraft, a lot more focus on individual units, maybe. You have less of them, especially early on. I felt like in Warcraft 2, I was deliberately micromanaging my peons to harvest gold and wood. And I was always very cautious of what they're doing at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's number five. How about number four? Number four. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Zillion for the Master System. Interesting. Re- okay. What about that game that really draws you? Sometimes you get a game that's a childhood favorite. And as you get older, you know, you start to spot flaws in it and stuff like that. But it's still just one of those games that you can always go back to and have a blast with. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but it's fun when you play. And this is that game for me. Well, this, okay, so I have two on this list that are those games for me. This is one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I know we've mentioned games like this before. Uh, I think you've mentioned Zillion in the past as a hidden gem, I think. But I yes. know you like this one, but top five. Yeah, this is this is one of those games that I absolutely love. It's the music is all bangers. The sound effects are all satisfying and nail the feeling for the gameplay and the moment. You start to experience character progression as well as difficulty progression in slightly different um at slightly different rates. Okay. And so sometimes, especially if you're, you know, how it depends on how much you're willing to explore and sidetrack yourself. Because you can completely miss extra characters. You can completely miss weapon upgrades, health upgrades, all that. So huh, okay. it's, it has a lot going for it for the type of game it was. It has aspects of an RPG without actually having experience points. Okay. Well, there's upgrades you said, right? Yes. So you find... Level ups are an item. You find level ups throughout. And every time you find a level up, it bumps you to your new max health. And every time you find a weapon upgrade, which each character can only get two, I believe, it upgrades how much damage your gun does and what type of canisters it can break open. Oh, okay. So the goal is you're running around your... Destroying canisters, getting key codes to get through the room, go to the next room and solve that. But there's secrets hidden around that you can uh, acquire, as well as just goodies laying about if you're willing to wander a bit. <laughs> oh, that sounds interesting, actually. I, you know, I, I don't think I ever gave it much of a shot. It's another game I think that was hard or just maybe just hard for me to understand. Yeah, it's it's definitely front-loaded with a ton of information. Like, as soon as you fire that game up and start a game, it's got, like, 12 paragraphs of information. <laughs> yeah. As well as, like, you know, 
All zeros will kill you. All ones will show you the map. All twos will, you know, freeze the laser. I don't remember what twos does anymore, but it's it's one of those games that every time I go back, I read those and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember now. And then I go through the game and have a blast. <laughs> it's also one of those games where, <laughs> you know, zero is obviously a zero, but one is two ones right. mirrored. So it looks like an M. And as a kid, I had nicknames for all those. And now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Easy. So now that you mentioned that, <laughs> that's what it was. It's, it's the symbols. I had no idea what they meant. They were some cryptic runes. I couldn't figure them out. And now you just rattle off that they're one through whatever numbers. Had yeah. I known they were numbers, <laughs> had I bothered with a manual, <laughs> I probably could have got into that game a lot easier. So that's what they're for, the, the terminals. They have fixed functions but when you put the password in yeah there's like all the same key will give you a certain function for that room whereas opening the canisters in that room will give you four different keys to enter into the machine and that's your password to get to the next room and those are always random yeah see that's a really cool mechanic and it's not something you see i don't think i've recognized that from any other games or at least not not quite like that so it's a very unique game, and it definitely has style all over the place. Yeah, it's it's kind of a mixture of like it has it's it has a one hand in Metroid and one hand in Impossible Mission, which is reaching way back yes. for some people, and then does a little bit of its own thing as well. And I honestly, I didn't I didn't even know about Impossible Mission until I was in my twenties. I got it for the DS. I was like, this looks cool, so I grabbed it, and I was like, holy crap, this is like zillion. <laughs> it's like zillion but all puzzle you know yeah it's one of those things because there's been a lot of uh you know bringing back classics and remaking them or rebooting them i know they're doing alex kid oh i'm so excited see if you if they said we're bringing back zillion that i would have been interested in that to me seems more interesting than alex kid but i can't stand alex kid Uh, no that's not i don't like it but i can stand it i will say you know here Here's another tangent for us. Um, I will say, <laughs> as far as Alex Kidd goes, the Genesis one was a weak entry, in my opinion. Okay. Miracle World, which is the one that's getting the remake right now, is one of those... Uh, that's another one of those ones where I just... I played it as a kid, fell in love with it. I still enjoy it, but that one is hard as hell. Right. <laughs> so I don't always have fun with that one, but I'm very excited about the remake that's coming out. Well, it's great to have some Master System representation on our list because outside of me and you, it feels like, well, Paul should played a few, but too rare. Yeah, I do feel like a lot of, I, and I mean, if you if you think back to childhood, I knew a lot of kids who, you know, they knew about the Genesis and then every once in a while you'd find one who knew about the original Sega and that's what they called right. it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, dude, it's that it wasn't called the Sega. It was called the Master System. And then, you know, every once in a while, you'd have the the really offbeat kid who thought the Genesis was the original Sega. Well, I got really confused as a kid because uh, a buddy of mine had the is it the Sega SG three thousand in Japan because there's multiple uh, consoles in that line. Yeah, I think what we got was a two thousand uh, in Japan. If I'm not wrong, there's one after that only came out in Japan, and he had that. So I'd seen the Master System, 
I knew the Genesis, and then he had something called the 3000. I'm assuming it was the SG-3000. I was so confused as a kid because nobody knew what that system was because it wasn't <laughs> available here. But cool Th- stuff. That's another example of Sega just being like, hardware, hardware, all the things. Right, that's the thing. They've they've never learned that lesson. No. <laughs> right. it's it's They Every never figured time. it out until it was finally time to stop making hardware. Well, even Zillion, because we talked before, the the phaser for the Master System is based off of Zillion, right? Yes. Uh, Zillion was an anime. All the music in the game is based on the songs from the move, from the, the anime, which was another thing I didn't know, which explains why all the music is so rad, is because it was right. actually... <laughs> a lot of times it was music with lyrics that got turned into chiptune. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, yes, this is awesome when I heard the actual songs. And they're they're like totally cheesy 80s style synth. Right. Oh, it's the best kind. Yeah. The first time I heard that when I was late teens, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing and cheesy. And it just made the, the Master System game even better for me. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. All right. So number four for Wolf is Zillion. Top three time. All right, number three is another one that's newer. This is going to be Streets of Rogue. Okay, yeah, I've seen you play that a couple times on stream, and I played a little bit myself, but uh, got to explain what that is to people. This is a roguelite, and we've made that... <laughs> we've made that... Uh, I can't think of the word. I'm brain farting hard right now. 45 minutes, and we'll explain what a roguelike and a rogue... Is it the one? <laughs> roguelike and roguelite. Roguelite. That's the one. It's, it's a roguelite. Anyway. Streets of Rogue is a roguelite, where it's... I, this game completely throws seriousness out the window. Every time you play this game, it is absolutely ridiculous. Sometimes on purpose, sometimes on accident. Basically, the overall goal is you wander from floor to floor, completing objectives. Your objective is... Some of the objectives are determined by your class. Some of the objectives are just random based on the floor you're on. You you know, you go through multiple floors, each uh, a different type of area of the city. The overall goal is to get to the final floor where the mayor is, and kill him, <laughs> take his hat, and become the new mayor. Because that's all you need in a fair democratic city. <laughs> yeah. Just steal his hat. Now, it's, it's, it's entirely possible that you can actually get him voted out. But I've, oh, never really? had the, I've never had the patience to be elected mayor because I like destroying everything too much. <laughs> so I've, I've never gone that route. That's, the, the game is definitely wild. Oh yeah, it's there's probably a good 30 classes give or take and then the DLC adds half dozen more. And like when you say classes, you got to explain what a few of those are cuz they're nuts. Okay, there so there's there's pretty simple cut and dry ones. There's stuff like soldier, vampire, werewolf, <laughs> For soldier to vampire wolf. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you you kind of get the idea the of what a werewolf ones. is going to do, what a vampire is going to do, what a soldier is going to do, you know? But then you get stuff right. like jock. And the jocks, 
the jock gets to break things and people are just like, oh, he's just a bro. He's just a jock. Let him go. So people don't get mad when you <laughs> smash into their stuff and destroy it <laughs> because you're just a junk frat kid. <laughs> so, and it, I mean, the DLC adds other classes too. So you have like a mech pilot. You have alien you can play as. Um, in the standard game, there's... Gosh, banker, scientist, doctor. Doctor is one of my favorites because you can sneak up behind people and put them out with chloroform. <laughs> which which is pretty scary for a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> You're just Kevorkian walking around the streets of Rogue. Yeah, you just go around knocking people out. You get Otherwise, his, uh, his ranged weapon is a trank gun. Sure. I know that's what my family doctor packs. <laughs> So the doctor is not great with physical confrontation. Instead, he's sort of like a ninja in this game. Knock everybody out. <laughs> That's pretty insane. But it's it's just so much ridiculousness in this game all the time. You you end up factions will fight each other while you're running the streets. So <laughs> let's say you get uh in one of the later floors, you can end up with mobsters who want your money. Okay. I've never been able to figure out how to give them my money. And so <laughs> no matter what happens, if they want my money, I'm basically just going to end up getting shot at because I've tried giving them my money and I failed. Right. So Maybe you just have enough. When you fail to give them your money, the mobsters in that group will turn on you and start trying to kill you because you didn't give them your stuff. Right. Now, on this same area, there are a lot of cops as well. So if you go running to the cops, inevitably, you will end up starting a war between the cops and super cops and the mobsters. <laughs> You're hoping the cops win because then they do your dirty work for you. It just right. depends on how many mobsters end up joining the group before the cops are dead or the mobsters are dead. <laughs> so the, the graphics of this game is a top overhead view and the, it's little tiny characters. How many of those are on the screen? It's scream. How many of the cops and how many of the mobsters can you have on the same screen? Oh, like, you how can big have probably dozens of characters on screen at once. Yes, that's it's and you look at the graphics, it's a hilarious to see. Like yeah, it, it's if it's really things great. go very wrong, you'll see a lot of people and then you'll see a lot of guts. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not gonna say that the game is pretty because it's not. Not even by sprite art terms. Like right. it the, it has a lot of charm. The pixel art is not pixel perfect, if you will. So, you know, the sprite art is not 100% pixel size in line with the tile art. And so it's... It, it's uh, Look, it has a style, and it, it knows what it is. And it, it does. It does that, right. And you, I get into it. I can, I can dig what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's definitely a lot of fun. It's one I go back and play probably every couple of months at this point, if not more, uh, particularly with a friend of mine because he and I have a weekly game night most weeks. And right. between games, when we don't know what to play next, that's our go-to. <laughs> right, because it's multiplayer too. I forgot about yes, that. Yes, it's up to four players online. That's And that alone is crazy. That's Which, just wild. The more people you have playing, the more craziness is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So number three, 
Streets of Rogue. That's a really good title. Number two. Number two. Okay, this is the one that I should have realized sooner. Dragon Force for the Saturn. Dragon Force for the Saturn. Sounds familiar. You're going to have to break down what that one is, though. Yes. Um, Dragon Force is basically a war sim, if you will, but done differently than most. So, oh, okay. you're wandering, like you, you're expanding your influence and taking over neighboring countries and all that. And, you know, there's like seven or eight characters you can pick from at the start who all have different storylines going. And ultimately, they will have different nemeses who will have better power in their campaign than in other games. Certain people okay. will be willing to ally will will be willing to ally with you and certain ones won't depending on who you play as. So it's it's pretty intricate in that regard. Okay. The fun part is when you go to war. It ends up being up to 200 people in combat. Yeah, and this is the part I remember. <laughs> yeah, so you've got generals that lead armies, and those generals can have varying types of soldiers, ninja, samurai, knight, uh, archer, mage, a dragon, harpy. There's a ton of them, right? Right. And I don't even think I scratched the surface with that list. It's a little bit like rock, paper, scissors in what one character is strong against compared to another type of soldier. Okay. Except imagine rock, paper, scissors with like 25 different classes instead of three. So oh, you game. don't always know rock, what's going to... Rock, paper, gonna... scissors, Spock. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, you go to war and, you know, sometimes if yours is not super great against the enemy, but you've got over twice as many soldiers, you'll probably eke out a win. So the fun part is when you see 200 guys going into battle, 100 on each side, and it's a pretty even fight. So you have soldiers just running in, killing each other, fighting. Right. Just And it's all sprites. This is a Saturn game where it's just 200, probably up to 202 sprites, because you also have the generals on the on the board at the same time. Right. And they're just having at it destroying each other and it's so much fun to see and the music is all good in this game too the sound effects are great you have limited control over where your soldiers can go in combat you can send them out call them to retreat tell them to go you know on the far end of the field or the close end of the field as they're rushing by stuff like that so you you can kind of control them and hope to take on your enemy in various ways, like pincher attacks, things like that. Right. And this is a game that back on the Saturn, I probably lost hundreds of hours to as well. I think what I remember from the, the advertisements is the view of the battle are really cool. I, does the camera move? I think you have control of the camera, but it's okay, all it was just... a sweeping zooming out motion on the commercials. And it looks yeah, really epic because you're it's... right. There's hundreds of things on the screen. Yeah, it's you're always going to see it from the same angle, so it dev- it doesn't spin around the the field or anything. You're always just from one side, but you can okay. pan and zoom. That's the kind yeah. of control you have over the camera. 
Um, so I have not played this one before, Dragon Force, but it sounds like Ogre Battle. Is it similar? I've never played Ogre Battle. I always thought Ogre Battle was like Final <laughs> Fantasy Tactics. Well, there's Tactics Ogre. I don't know. Man, Japanese naming. I don't know. One of them is is like Final Fantasy Tactics, but Ogre Battle, if I've got the right one, it's the same idea where you have armies and towns on a map and you're moving armies across the map. And when they intersect, you have a combat. Uh, and the original or the Ogre Battle I played on the SNES, you had no actual control over the units in battle. Just you can kind of just pick what units were in your squad, but you didn't control them in combat. Uh, but it sounds very familiar to this, except Dragon Force seems like much larger scope. Oh, maybe that is a similar type of game, just with a handful of troops on each side instead of uh, yeah. you know dozens to a hundred. Like it's it's a pretty good game. I think if you like Dragon Force, and if I'm not wrong, you'd probably like Ogre Battle. But now I'm gonna have to try both out. I really need to get a. Saturn emulator. <laughs> Dragon There's Force was good so much lately. fun, and I'm yeah. so sad. There was actually a Dragon Force two that never came to the West. It, was it also for the Saturn? It was also for the Saturn. Yes. Uh, have you looked for a translation patch? I have. Um, there is a translation patch for everything except the cutscenes. Oh, okay. All right. So certain pieces of the story you still miss out on. But yeah, that's well. How much plot is is in this game? They're pretty story heavy. Um, okay, you end up having weekly meetings with your generals. Uh, there's definitely an unfolding story where, you know, every once in a while you'll get missives from other countries where you know they're like, oh, "I'm going to attack you," or "I'd like to form an ally alliance with you," stuff like that. And then, you know, every once in a while you'll hear about one particular nation that's like about to go ape shit on everybody and you need to try and prevent <laughs> that. And it's there's a lot going on in this game. And it's it's one of those games that's very easy to be like, oh, just one more week of play, because a week is probably going to last you about half hour, 40 minutes, you know. Okay. Um, it's very easy to be like one more week, and then four hours later, you're still sitting there playing. <laughs> yeah, that's the hallmark <laughs> of a good game, right? The one more turn, <laughs> turn mentality. Yeah, yeah, I've had a few like that. All right, that sounds awesome. I, it definitely, from what I've seen, it has all the style. Those battles are really, you know, quite interesting to see with the, so many sprites on the screen. I didn't realize there was uh, more lore and plot in, in it though, because I play games like. Three Kingdoms, I think is the one. Yeah, Three Kingdoms, which is kind of like the empire building type of thing. And yeah, that's one I was never dialogue. able to get into. Yeah, there's, it's it's mostly just number crunching, right? It's it's interesting to see like a fantasy version of that kind of game, but with more story behind it and more visual battles. Yeah, it was uh, Three Kingdoms was always very abstract to me. Yes. Because I actually have one for the Genesis that I got from my cousin years ago. And I've, <laughs> I think the last time I tried it, I was still a teenager. And I was just like, I, I don't know what's happening. I think I needed to read the manual to figure it out. And I mean, it's a Genesis game. So it's right. a lot of that stuff is going to be in the manual. And I never wanted to read the manual for that one. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. At least this one sounds good. Yeah, and All in right. Dragon Force 2, you could actually have mixed armies. You'd have like 10 of one type of soldier, 20 of another, and so forth. 
Oh, see, that's really cool. Because if it's something where you don't control combat, but you get to control the, 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 what the Bakugong you throw in the arena, you get to customize it. That's always cool. <laughs> I think that's what those things are called now. Whatever the uh, the spinny toys are called this generation. Crossfire. <laughs> <laughs> Crossfire. Bakugan anyway. is just basically Crossfire in magic skin. Well, there was like a. I can't remember what it was called in, in the 80s when I was a kid, but there's the, the spinning toy tops. Uh, the Spin Masters, I think it was called. It's, I'm probably wrong. But yeah, there's always like that version of that toy. <laughs> the only difference is the yeah. ones I had were mostly metal. So they were more weighty. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, right, I remember something so... like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, my final, my number one. This probably won't come as a surprise to some people who know me pretty well. Blaster Master for the NES. I was, so I was thinking in my head, like, was it Blaster Master or Yakuza? <laughs> I'm no, sure. I, as much as I like Yakuza, I don't think it's a series I can go back and play each game multiple times. Like, they're one and Got done it. for me. They're a lot of fun, but there's so much going on in each one. And by the time I got into it, there was six, seven of them. So, right. It's a huge series. <laughs> All right, so Blaster Master, like which Blaster Master? The NES one? Yeah, the original on the NES. Okay. And this is just one of those games, again, from childhood. I sucked at it as a kid. I eventually overcame sucking at it. And, you know, I probably beat it about 60 to 70% of the times I play it now because it's. It's not one of those games that I've gone back to learn inside and out and memorize everything. So I can't speed run it. I'm not that good at it at all. (laughs) Instead, I usually win at it, which is enough for me because then there's the chance that I might not (laughs) succeed. And it's like, oh, man, you know. Well, this is the one where a lot of exploring right in this one. Yeah. But I guess once you figure out where to go, then then you kind of you know where to go. But it's it's still fun to exploring those those two D environments. The uh, when you're in the tank, and then you can leave the tank to go on foot. Yes. So the, this is one of those games where most of the levels actually circled around, some horizontally, some vertically, some both. And so it you'd think you were exploring new terrain. And then you'd realize, oh, crap, I've been here and I've been going right the whole time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, especially the first few times you play it, it's easy to get lost in new areas. And some of them are just straight up mazes like level four, where it's literally a sewer maze. And right. there's not really any major landmarks to let you know where you're at in the maze. So that one ends up being very memory-driven. Right. But, I mean, driving around a tank that can jump and destroy monsters, and then you hop out of the tank, and you run into a little cavern and start shooting everything with your little kid, because he's like 10 years old or something, supposed to be taking on monsters that are invading Earth. Well, isn't it supposed to be that he's trying to re- get his pet frog back? Yeah. That's how it started. His frog escaped its enclosure, got out right. of the house, went 
jumping into the nearby swamp, uh, landed on what looks to be a pad-mounted transformer, but it says radioactive (laughs) on it, and it starts sinking into the swamp as he grows enormous to the size of a car while sitting on it and disappearing into the hole. And then the main character, Jason, looks at the hole and is like, you know what? I'm jumping in after him. (laughs) (laughs) Ten-year-old's got to do what a ten-year-old's got to do. Yeah, I'm going to save my frog. He finds a tank (laughs) and a power suit down there, hops in, and goes for a drive, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember, like, all the bosses were, weren't they all frog-like? No, the first one is actually named Mother Brain. Okay. Which I find hilarious because in development, uh, the director thought of Metroid as the closest competition to the game at the time. Okay. It's <laughs> just kind of interesting that the first boss is Mother Brain. I can see it because, like, uh, I was, I remember stage four, and you're right. Stage four has that. Like, it's it's hard to get around. It reminds me of certain parts of the original Metroid where I just got lost in quarters that looked the same. So I can see the influence on Blaster Master for sure. Yeah, you're also if you're familiar with Fester's Quest, you're going to hear a lot of the same sound effects and see some very <laughs> similar sprite work on some creatures. Well, it's, you're right because there's sequences of Blastmaster when, like, you can, you have your tank gameplay, you have your platforming little guy gameplay, but then when you enter a room, it's the overhead view. Yeah, just like Fester's Quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you see, like, at the beginning of Fester's Quest, there's little tiny frogs that look like shrunken down versions of the frog bosses in Blaster Master. There's <laughs> little tiny things that just look like a mass but if you look closer it looks a lot like a shrunken down version of the mother brain boss from blaster master so there's (laughs) there's a lot of not quite reused assets but um reimagined assets from blaster master used in fester's quest who's the developer of these games is majesco sunsoft sunsoft okay yeah that's wild that, you know, that explains why the music is so good. The music is always good with those games. Oh, yeah. Every, uh, I'm pretty sure I can get every single song in Blaster Master stuck in my head, except for the final level, because that one's just, like, droning sounds. Actually, you know, I've only, I've played the game a handful of times over the years. I beat it as a kid with Game Genie. Otherwise, I've never beaten it. <laughs> Like probably if GP was here, he would say, what you're telling me is you've never beaten Blastmaster. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I beat it the first time. I used Game Genie the first time. And then after that, I started figuring it out and managing without. Yeah. It's definitely a solid title, though. I love, I do love the different types of gameplay, but also there's that, that feeling of exploration when you're going through the, the caverns. Yeah, especially since there's backtracking. Yes. I think the order is, you know, you, you're you in level one, you go to level two, you go to level three, you go back through level two and level one to get to level four. Um, and then I think after level four, you go back through level one to level two to get to level five. Right. Well, just like Metroid, no. it's because you're getting these upgrades more, but... and the upgrades yeah. unlock progress back through the old levels. 
But I love that they actually do that where they make you backtrack through different areas. The only missed opportunity in this game is there's a ton of those caverns that the kid can get out and explore that really don't hold any purpose for getting out and exploring. Well, some of there's, the caverns give you, you just get power-ups, right? Or, or just refill your yeah, life and stuff. You, you can get, um, some of them have gun upgrades, which are arguably the most important upgrades in the game. As long as you don't get right. hit, you're going to give everything an ass whooping. But yeah, there's, there's power-ups you can get for your tank. And I don't really use those much. I don't have to go out of my way to find those. Not even a speedrunner. I don't have to go out of my way to find those to have what I need going through the game. You know, I just well, a tank on its own is pretty OP, so I, I never really worried about the damage. Yeah, well, I mean, it. it gets it gets three different upgrade. It gets well, not upgrades, but uh, power ups. So there's homing missiles. There's regular missiles, which just shoots three out to the front of it. And then there's one called Thunderbreak, which just shoots lightning out of the bottom of the tank, which, right. to be honest, looks badass. But <laughs> it's really just to prevent you from landing on something that's going to hurt you. <laughs> well, hey. Uh, combat in that game always felt good, too, with the tank. Because mm-hmm. it, very bouncy, lots of high jumps. It animates really cool. The wheels will, will animate as you jump. And then you could control the turret up and down at an angle. So you kind of got... It didn't feel like a four-dimensional combat. You really were going all directions. Um, it So <laughs> I can see how you're thinking that, but it's actually you only shot forward, uh, left, right, or up. And then if you're on the ceiling... <laughs> Was it the animations I'm thinking down. of then? Yeah, it actually had pretty fluid animation for an NES title. Right. Um. And I mean, there's some animation, there's some NES games that have really fluid animation way better than this one, but 1988, still relatively early in the NES scene as far as making really good use of the tech, it it did well. <laughs> yeah, the game looks great. I, like I, I, the only thing, like only nudge or niggle, like at this game, I guess would be when you go in the overhead view. There's just doesn't feel like enough colors on the screen to make those environments look good. They feel very same samey, but overall the game looks great. I can kind of see that. It I guess it depends on the region too, because level two can feel like that. Level one feels pretty good. Uh, level three actually seems kind of colorful when you're exploring it, but yeah, those overheads have a lot of gray. Yeah. <laughs> How long is this game? Because I'm thinking of Metroid as being influenced. Metroid is not a short game, right? If you're exploring around, you can spend 12 hours in that game. What's Blaster Master like? Well, it's it's definitely a one-sitting game because there's... Uh, I don't think there's passwords, if I remember correctly. Yeah. There's no passwords, no save. So it's, yeah. you're supposed to sit, beat it in one sitting. Uh, I've seen speedrunners do it in, I think, 40 minutes or so. If, it, if it's 40 minutes for speed running it. <laughs> well, because there's certain things that you have to do to be able to advance. Yeah. So most of the time you have to beat bosses to advance. I've seen some cheat where somebody skips basically an entire level. Yeah, for the most part, you kind of have to explore each level and fight the bosses. But for like an average playthrough, what's that going to be like? I think I've done it in under three hours. So for a single sitting game, 
three hours is a long time, man. Yeah. Like, that's up there with Mario 3, I think, in terms of length and one sit down. You know what, though? Zillion is the same way. Go there's back no passwords to my number at all four. In that game? No, there's no passwords, no saves. Jeez. Again, it's that's one that I think I've gotten that one shorter, maybe like an hour and a half. But most of the time, I play that for two or three hours before I beat it. That's been the long side. I didn't realize Blastmaster, though. Three three hours is, is pretty lengthy. Well, the nice thing is it's on the Switch in the NES or the, you know, the Switch Online NES collection. So you can save state on there. <laughs> well, then only to have GP tell me, oh, so you, you beat a save state. So what you're really telling me is you haven't beaten it at all. <laughs> no, as I mean, as far as the way I see it, if you're using the save states to like save and quit and come back later. But if you, yeah. you know, you get a proper game over, you start over. Fine. I, as well, far I mean, as, I'm as concerned, kids, yeah. Like as kids, the way we would save is just not turn the machine off all night and mm-hmm. risk burning the machine. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm sure we all have horror stories about accidentally turning it off or resetting it before we go to turn it on and play. You know. Yeah. So, all right, it's a blaster master. That's good. Yep. I got, I, Yakuza, I'm surprised was that up there, but I can understand why not. I was thinking you might have had Spiritfarer or The Messenger up. No, Spiritfarer was one I got a little bored of. It it okay. was way too many menial tasks to advance the game. Um, Messenger, I thought about. And honestly, working on <laughs> the thumbnail that I'm working on right now, I was grooving out to a playlist that has messenger songs in it today. And okay. the playlist is probably about an hour long. So I heard a lot of messenger today. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has like an epic soundtrack, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like top 10, I guess that's, that's a hard thing with these lists. It, even for me as well, it was hard to, I had some real struggles with like seven through five and which one actually makes it. Yeah, I didn't even think about order when I was thinking about these. I was just like, five favorite. Because no. <laughs> for me, it's even hard to number them, but this was what made the most sense when you told me. I was like, all right, I got an order for them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Pulse was saying, like, if you went to a desert island and you could only bring five games, is this what you would take? So, interesting. Yeah, I think these would all work right. for me. <laughs> Big, and if you're on a desert island... Got to bring your favorite podcasts. And we got bonus content. That's right. Press me to cancel on Patreon. You can throw us a couple bucks and help us with hosting costs. That would greatly appreciate it. And in exchange, you get some bonus episodes. Uh, what we've been like to do is together we watch a couple movies and do commentary soundtrack so that you at home can listen to us do our narration over a movie and watch them together. It's, uh, it's been a blast to do these. Uh, I think we just recorded Mortal Kombat. And, uh, which is a classic, especially with the new one in theaters. And of course, if you need to, you can always find us on Press Me to Cancel on Instagram or Twitter. We're also on Facebook. I try to check that. Otherwise, you can join us on Discord, whose link I keep meaning to put on my desktop. But you can find on Twitter <laughs> the pinned post with Press Me to Cancel. Wolf, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me streaming at uh, on Twitch. At Werewolf, W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F, or uh, 
spouting random nonsense on Twitter now and then. All right, and I'm, yeah, I'm sick, Jake. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter, mostly on Twitter. <laughs> of course, <laughs> you can find us both here on Press Me to Cancel. We'll see you all next week. Sick. Special thanks for music. Go to Arthur the Last Ancient on Spotify or The Last Ancient on Bandcamp. For more episodes, please visit our website at pressbtocancel.com. And also, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, and check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon. As always, thank you. This has been Press B to Cancel.